This is the Andres Segovia Show. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Andres Segovia Show. I'm your host, Andres Segovia. On today's episode, I am joined by a special guest. He goes by the name of Tank. Tank, welcome to the Andres Segovia Show. Great to have you on. Uh, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. For the audience that may not be familiar with you, you and I got acquainted on social media, but for everyone else who may not have heard of you, can you please let them know who you are and what you do? Well, um, you know, my, my name is Tank. Um, I'm just a U.S. Marine veteran. I, I don't do anything these days because of uh, my uh, my journey right now with uh, dealing with uh, cancer, leukemia. So, but be, before this, before I was diagnosed last year, um, you know, I was uh, involved in uh, creating my own firearms, my own AR-15 platforms, UncleSamsGuns.com. We still have um uh that company we still have ar-15 platforms that we we uh built and uh we sell to the public so uh and then uh, i was doing a lot of tactical games you know and just just staying competitive you know different things um you know just staying out there uh been involved in activism with the right to bear arms uh for quite some time since 2008 um, I had a very large audience, social media brand, Uncle Sam has got a children that uh, had a reach of over 3 million followers, uh, 2.5 million on Facebook and 1 million on Instagram, uh, 50,000 on Twitter, uh, many groups with a lot of uh, uh, members. And uh, after 2018, after Trump winning the election, uh, we were considered, uh, we were uh, branded as Russian bots, as I, I was branded as a Russian bot. And I was canceled. Uh, all my accounts were canceled. My store was canceled, uh, frozen oh, wow. bank accounts, um, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, they, they took everything from me uh, just like that. Um, so all the accounts and every every time I had to try to revamp the brand afterwards, I try many times to revamp the brand, restart over. Um, I was blacklisted. I'm blacklisted right now. If you go to uh, one of these organizations, liberal organizations where they um, have the names of groups or organizations of individuals, they consider extremists or whatnot. Uh, Uncle Sam has got a children's in their list. Uh, as uh, anti-government uh, organization, which we're, we're not really anti-government, we're anti-big government. So, you know, we, we understand there's a purpose for governing, um, but there's there's a very thin line between governing and, you know, corrupt government, you know, where's big government. Um, and that's what we try to draw the line. But since we were, since my message has always been, very constitutionalist. Uh, they, they, there's a lot of people on both sides of the, of the, uh, of the, uh, you know, of, of, you know, of, of the parties that don't, uh, don't appreciate the message, don't, don't like the message. And they would rather see, uh, groups like us, community like us who have a very good, um, energy in regards to, you know, taking our country back and bringing it back to a constitutional state, republic state. Um, 
they prefer things to be the way they are, you know. Um, so, so anyways, um, yeah, so I was taken down. And, um, you know, we still have a lot of people out there. There's still a lot of people looking for me, looking for the brand. Um, but it's, it's done. Like Uncle Sam has got his children, had to close the company finally at the end. And, um, you know, it was a good time. It was good. You know, it was a good run. We, we enjoyed it. I loved it. I'm still very much an Uncle Sam has got a child. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm until the next, you know. So now I'm just more involved in – uh, training, doing my own uh, consultant work, doing personal training uh, where it comes to uh, pistol training, rifle training, uh, but just very, very small, very uh, per personal, very individually uh, do my own uh, consultations. But I don't, um, you know, I, I just basically right now just trying to get through recovery. Yeah. Well, well. To piece that apart, um, everything that you just said, it's kicking off of what you said and then uh, what you said at the end there. Um, we'll get to your diagnosis because um, when as we're talking off the air, uh, when we got acquainted, you did put an Instagram post that uh, I think that was the second post I saw after I started following you. I think I connected with you because of uh, Boone. Um, he might have mentioned you before that I should talk to you. Uh, but uh, how long were you in the service? Four years, four years. Okay. Yep. And, and uh, how many tours during those four years? Um, we we only went to Qatar, Saudi Arabia, and um, uh, you know, a couple times. I mean, there there the other the other places where we went are actual too, but just only one main one, which was not a combat operation, more like a training operation uh, exercise. Uh, in Qatar, Saudi Arabia, and that's about you know, pretty much what I cons would consider a deployment. Um, you know, so it was a very peacetime era, 93 to 97. I was 0311 and also machine gun 0331. And, uh, and then I got out in 1997. And that's it. You know, um, you know, that's pretty much it. I served with uh, John Tigan. Um, he was, uh, I believe, Kilo Company. And uh, it was a Lima company. Uh, I do remember there was a moment, I, I, I think, because uh, it's, it's, it's a long story, but, you know, there was there was a moment where I think that we crossed path, uh, you know, it's it 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 barracks. We're in the barracks. So, you know, mm -hmm. it was hard not to cross path with people. But I, I can recall crossing path with him uh, at the phone line, you know, waiting for to make a phone call. And uh, I think he said something sarcastic to me or whatever. But I, I can look back and go, yeah, that was John Tigan. That, that, that was him. <laughs> uh, but um, ever since, you know, we, we've been, you know, with the whole group of guys kind of been very connected, especially the Marine guys, uh, mm -hmm. Boone and, and Tigan, uh, always try to stay in touch with those guys. Um, they're just great people, good people, good friends, and uh, just love having them around. Yeah, and for the audience that are hearing John Tigran, you probably know him best as Tig, as he was represented in the film 13 Hours, uh, The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi. Yeah, he's one of the, the, the six GRS guys that were on the ground there in Benghazi, Libya in 2012, I believe it was. So, yeah, I, that's that's kind of how we got connected, Tank. Um, so, I saw, the, I saw your post with uh, with Tig and with Boone saying... Uh, like getting warm by the fire with my brother Boone or, or training with, uh, with Tig. And it's like, oh, this is a, a very tight-knit community. I, I, 
I almost forgot that the I think the three of you are Marines because I know that uh, um, that Boone was a Marine sniper. Um, you were a machine gunner, I believe. Uh, Tig was a was, was a Marine as well. Just trying to keep all the the ranks in place, so I don't mistakenly call any of you guys Navy. No, it's all right. No, uh, yeah, it's, it, you know the Marines, man. We always have that brotherhood. Um, I love. I got a lot of Army friends. I got a lot of special operations operators in the Army. Uh, mm. Good dude, man, and um, I mean savages. Uh, awesome guys. But, you know, the Marines have sort of kind of like that brotherhood. And just, we just kind of serve during the same period, during the 90s. Um, you know, we have we have that kind of uh, uh, culture, you know, still driven in, in, in us and in, in, the, in the way that we deal with our own people and our own community. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a tight nick. Yeah. And what made you want to serve? Well, uh, I, uh, I was born in Cuba. I survived uh, 13 years of communism wow. and uh, my family, uh, you know, throughout those years were trying to come to America. My grandparents were American citizens. They owned businesses in America and in Cuba before Castro took over. My grandfather um, was here in America when Castro took over and and then he tried to bring the family here and Castro's uh, party wouldn't let him. Um, so he was only able to go back and, 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 um, uh, bring my uncle, um, who was only five years old. And then my father had to leave, stay behind with my grandmother. Uh, my grandfather remarried and my grandmother as well, uh, went her separate ways because it was so long, such a long period of wait, uh, to try to, um, eventually the Castro regime, uh, let uh, my father apply for a visa, and then my mm. grandfather uh, worked, you know, issued that visa to bring in our family. So we came here through the legal immigrations, um, you know, programs that that the Amer the United States have. Uh, it was a long process. It was a hard process to go through, but you know, we made it here. And um, mm. and then at, at the age of uh, seventeen. I became a United States Marine. I, uh, I was always wanted to become a Marine because my uncle, when he came, you know, to America, he also became a Marine. So he, he, mm -hmm. you know, he sent pictures to my grandmother in his Marine Corps uniform. And there was a, there was a, uh, there at the time, I don't know if it's now the same kind of, uh, you know, uh, uh, view on Marines in Cuba, but it, at the time the Cuban, government um view marines as assassins you know mm. killers of yeah. the united states government mm. so uh as you can tell um i had a lot of you know resentment growing up in a communist country so mm. uh having that dream or that thought that i could become a united states marine when i came here was top of my list um very important when i was leaving cuba at the embassy uh, there was a uh, United States Marine guarding because that's what guards the embassies, American embassies all across the world are guarded by United States Marines, uh, just like the White House. Um, so uh, there was a, a tall, uh, you know, Marine in his blues with an AR-15, M-16 at the time, um, uh, you know, guarding the, the front door of the American embassy. 
And uh, as I walked through the door, you know, I looked at him and I looked at my father and I said, hey, you know, I said, Dad, you know, can I be a Marine when I get, when I get to, to America? And he says, you can be whatever you want. I said, all right, good. You know, <laughs> so um, it was it was top of my list. And so when I got here, I took a lot of fast paced classes in high school to graduate early. And then by this, as soon as I turned 17, I had a waiver in my hand and um, they came and picked me up, went to Paris Island and became a Marine. Wow. And you actually have uh, two worldviews that very few people will ever understand. Um, we might we might talk a little bit about that uh, a little later. Um, as for me, I'm first generation American, and uh, my parents Salvadoreños uh, came here separately. Um, my my father was in California, my mom in Texas, but they met at MacArthur Park. For anyone that knows Los Angeles, so that's where they met. Uh, they got married in 1983. The next year, I come along. So um, I was I was born in the 80s to watch all this. Uh, the, I don't want to call it the Red Scare because it wasn't the Red Scare, but it was definitely uh, the the waning years of the Cold War. Um, I didn't really understand the stuff at the time, but I'm a big I'm big on history. So looking back, I'm like, wow, I was born in that era. Um, I don't know how much of that might have influenced my outlook on life, but all I could say is that uh, um, I always, I grew up with an appreciation for those like you and that. Uh, heard the call served um because we take our rights for granted and more so nowadays that we might uh, be able to discuss a little later but anyway that's just a little bit of a tidbit about my background i had a buddy that served on marine one i think it was the second i want to say it was the second term of uh, of obama at i tell him hey I, I don't care which one you served under you served the marine one that was pretty awesome you know just you served the office of the united states the president of the united right. states um, there, it's there. There is something though. I think, and I think it was Boone that that, that might have told me to talk to you because uh, on the last time he's been on my uh, my podcast, we had a, a a conversation, and I had to stop every now and then on the on the podcast. I'm like, hey man, um, it's okay if you're feeling under the weather or or, or anything. Uh, we can always pick this up later because uh, every now and then he'll have this cough, and. And he, and he said that that's something that he just has. I'm like, oh, really? And um, in paying attention to my first interview with uh, with Oz, um, I heard him. It almost sounded like he had phlegm, that he was always clearing his throat. It's like, no, I think this is something else. So I did end up asking Boone, like, is it because of the, the villa or whatever? Something that something from your uh, time in the service that might have uh, carried over and that. And uh, more or less, yes. But um, when you talked about... Uh, your leukemia because you mentioned at the beginning uh and speaking about your cancer was this this something that uh that was because of your time in the service yeah um so uh exposure to burn pits so you mm-hmm. know when people you know here's here's the um the um how you say the uh you know the misinformation know that happens you know and it's happened it happens a lot of the veteran community as well we're, we're our worst um worst enemy you know the veteran community is very very bad to each other um uh, because you have a veteran community that is very uh, unique you have guys that have been to combat you have guys that have done three four tours you got guys that you know are admin 
ne never been to combat, but they were, they've been administrative. Um, you have guys that, you know, are special ops. You got guys are grunts. You got guys are pokes. And we're not very kind to each other, you know, in that regard. So so when when you look at when, when this even so that that transcends to the civilian community, right? Because the civilian community sees sees the way we treat each other and they also see uh so they they take that you know for for, for what it is for what it's worth so you know uh, as grunts look at pogues and go man you're a pogue man you know you never served a day you know you never saw combat you never you know you really didn't get into the needy greedy uh you know you don't you don't deserve any benefits you don't deserve nothing because you you know you were not there you were not behind the bush you were not behind the 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 turret uh taking down enemies every single day you didn't have to go to patrols you had to stay back in the in the base um and you have this misconception you have this treatment in the veteran community we we're we're we're, we're, we're the worst and i think mm -hmm. that's has a lot to do with why we don't get you know uh a lot of benefits that's why we don't we don't really thrive to to support each other, to make the veteran community number one priority in our government and our society to say, hey, guys, we need to take care of our guys. It doesn't matter what they did, what they served, whatever. We got to take care of them because here's the deal. You have and I'm not talking about thousands. You know, one of the biggest things that's killing veterans these days is cancer, you know, mm. and all kinds of cancers, all types of cancers. Right. So that is the number one killer right now. Not suicide, you know, which is 22 today, probably 44 a day, was actually cancer. It's been killing killing us for quite some time since the Vietnam era. If you do a research, it'd be like 2 million veterans uh, were exposed to, over 2 million veterans were exposed to Agent Orange, just Agent Orange alone. Now, could you imagine how many of them have already died, passed away, or dealing with cancer as we speak? Um and how many of them trying to get compensated for what they have been exposed to? How many have they been denied? Um, so this is this is a constant fight for a veteran. Every veteran has to fight for those compensation. So and, going back, and, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but I, I would like for you to explain to the audience what Agent Orange is for those that do not know. I think the majority of people do not well, know. Yeah, to be honest, I, I, I'm going to be very brief of what my knowledge is. My knowledge is very basic, but Agent Orange is just a chemical that the government was spraying on uh, in Vietnam, you know what I'm saying? And uh, to kill, you know, to kill their farming and supposedly. Um, mm. and, and so that 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 the chemical as you send patrols out and, and also guys that were putting these on the planes to spread it on the ships, the Navy ships. This took, it took them longer. They had to actually create a compensated file code specifically for sailors who were on the ships that transported the chemicals on the planes, put the chemicals on the plane because they were also exposed to handling the material. Mm -hmm. um, so that was, that, that was the idea, I believe, you know, and I could be, you know, incorrect or you can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, in that regards, and I think the patrol, you know, guys that were doing patrol at the time, you know, would have rub or get it sprayed on themselves as well as they were doing patrols. Okay, it was in the water, it was in the contaminated waters, in the soil, it was in the plants around them, etc. Okay, um, so but then you have Kepler June, and you have a base that had contaminated water, and 
you know, and then you had, you know, troops that uh, drink this contaminated, family members that drink this contaminated, uh, contaminated water. And it got to a point where, you know, it was going to deaf ears. This whole time people were dying, uh, troops were dying uh, from all sorts of types of diseases. Uh, they were having children, they were having all kinds of disabilities. And mm. it got to a point where a, a base colonel's daughter ended up dying from that contaminated water for the government to actually start looking at it, do an investigation and actually create a code for uh, victims of the Camp Lejeune water to be able to be treated. So now, now you got a situation where there's guys drinking that water, there's civilians drinking that water who, who are working at the base, and there's guys that, that, that have been exposed to this contaminated water that's killing them uh, for many years who were not grunts, who were not special operations, who were not MARSOC, who were not, not infantry, not anything. They were just admin, pogues. You know, so, so, you know, but, 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 you know, as like I said, the community, well, you know, where you have been exposed, you, you've been compensated, you ha are being compensated for being exposed to something and the community's hard on that. Like, well, you didn't, you didn't actually see combat to be exposed. So, so there's, there's that, you know, there's, there's that fight that we deal with on daily basis. And it's, it's really sad to see that, uh, when it comes to it. So like myself, I was, I, I served in Qatar, Saudi Arabia. I was there for three months. I was exposed to burn pits. And it took 20 years for that uh, exposure to mutate my DNA. And that's how long it takes. It takes over 20 years for that exposure. So you could be fine. You could, you, you could live. And this is what's happening to a lot of these guys. All of us are pretty much similar ages, age groups. So we all have all kind of in some sort of way been exposed to some type of chemical in some sort of way in some type of platform. Um, in our service, whether it's nuclear, whether it's burn pits, whether it's Agent Orange, whether it's you know uh, uranium, uh, Clorox. I mean, there's all kinds of t different chemicals that we've been exposed to, um, and from different 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 eras, different eras, different times. Um, so, you know, so this is man, this is, and you hear me, and I, 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 you hear my sound, my voice, how passionate about the, I am about this, because, you know, we, 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 we have to do something, you know, we, we, we are seeing our, our bravest men, young women, men are dying on the daily basis for uh, exposure to chemicals, and our government is finding all kinds of ways to. To, to to not deal with the problem. So right now they passed the PACT Act, which was supposed to help the burn pit victims of exposed uh, exposure veterans. And what they did is they, they, they threw 500 million. You know, it was a big number. Bill, I think billions or millions or whatever. Correct me if I'm wrong. It was a lot of money. And everybody cheered. Wow, we passed this act. It was amazing. Great. We're going to help these burn pit victims. The whole, the whole program is based on a on a research. So all the money that they considerably passed is going to a third party company launder money, which I believe is just laundering money, just going from one hand to another and going, hey, we, you know, we're doing research. Just 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 wait. Just give me a minute. We're 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 still in the research part. You know, while we already know that there's these guys are dying that we have so many uh 
um, symptoms and, and illnesses from these exposures. We have a whole list of them. You guys are dying. So while they're dying and they're are asking for compensation, they're asking for help. Um, the VA is telling them, sorry, hold on. We can't do nothing until the research is completed and we create a code for it. So, which then once they create a code, they're going to need more money. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be like, oh, well, now we need, now we need another two, $3 billion, right? You know, by that time, you know, a good hundred, 300,000, 400,000. Think about the number. 300, 400,000 guys, women have already passed away. It's awful. It's, it's, it's insane, man. It's, it's one of the biggest killers right now of our veteran community is cancer uh, in, in, in every, in, you know, in all kinds of shapes and forms. But it costs the government so much money. It's, it's easy for them to look away. I've been lucky. I've been blessed. Uh, not blessed, not, not lucky, not blessed. But I think, uh, you know, that I, I was in a si si different situation where, in regards to my situation. Very different because what I, I, have, I happened to me in the Marine Corps. I got hurt and, um, in Bridgeport, California, doing the rock climbing. And I fell 100 feet. I landed on my back. Uh, you know, hurt my back pretty bad. You know what I'm saying? So um, I ended up getting out honorably discharged. Everything was good to go. You know, you, you're young. You know, you're, you're, you're going to 17, man. You know, you're young. Your body's young. You know, your muscles are great. You know what I mean? So you're dealing with the pain in a different way. You know, that, that, that mental state, you got a lot of testosterone flowing. You're young. Uh, and so you're dealing with pain in different matter, right? And you got that, 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 that brainwash mentality, like, you know, no, I can deal with this. I can tough it out, right? Yeah. Eventually, as I, I got out and I started to live this different life in a in a in, a, in, a, uh, in transitioning into a normal society, you know, my physical state wasn't as 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 active as I was when I was in the Marine Corps. So mm -hmm. of course, my body didn't require you know six thousand calories a day or whatever, you know, and, and having to physically be doing things all the time. So so again, this 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 you know sedated state, and and my body starts crumbling down and start having all these issues. So the 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 the, the VA right away had a good doctor that actually uh, uh, gave me a write up and said, you know, you're 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 pretty messed up. Okay, we, we did an MRI on you. Um, you have radicalopathy on your legs, or radicalopathy on your arms. You got your cyanic nervous shot. We need to cut you up. We need to, you know, we need to put, you know, steel plates in your back. And I'm like, Man. no, you're not. <laughs> you know, you're not going <laughs> to. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, he's like, you're going to be in a wheelchair for a year or two years. Maybe you'll walk. Maybe you won't walk. You'll go to uh, physical therapy. We'll get you back in track eventually. Yikes. I'm like, I don't think so, man. Like, you know, um, I know I'm having all these problems. So, you know, uh, but but as long as I can walk and I can, you know, move around, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to suck it up. Right. So. Um, so, you know, the VA had already given me a rating and that rating increased as as I, my body got worse and worse and worse and created all these different issues. Um, then, then by the time the diagnosis of, of cancer came up uh, because of my exposure to burn pits, um, I was already 100%. So I was, I, was already, I was already at a level where, you know, the VA had, had to say, okay, you know, we're, we're going to take care of you. So I was very blessed to have a doctor at the time, Dr. Sajad, who saw my first diagnosis last year. And she's no longer working for the VA, to be honest. And she said to me, Here, here's the crazy thing what she said to me. She said, 
if you were somebody else, if you were older, I would not be able to do this for you. And what she said to me, she says, you're still young. You still got a whole life in front of you. So what I'm going to do for you is I'm going to send you to the best hospital money can buy. It's going to be a, a private hospital and it's going to be the best cancer hospital that money can buy. Now you think about that for a minute and you think about all these other veterans before me who are waiting to be seen, who are waiting to, to be taken care of and they're not treated that way because they don't have the ratings or because they're too old, you know? Maybe they're not in the physical capabilities, but it's almost like a death board, like a death, you know what I'm saying? Like, 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 almost like a death board, like, you know, like throwing a dice, right? You know, like you get to live, you get to die. You get to live, you get to die. You, you know I mean? You're too old. We, we can't spend the money on you. You know what I'm saying? You know, I mean, that's nonsense. That's crazy, man. That's, that's insane. You know, and people talk about socialist healthcare. That I know, I'll is, say that. That is yeah, the, ra the rationing rationing healthcare to our to our Marines. I thought that was not the United States, but it sounds like it's very much the the VA. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hundred percent, man. So, um, you know, and it was crazy. Even 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 through going through the stuff that I went through, um, you know, my bone marrow transplant, I had to get I had to get uh, um, permission from the VA after after they've been already been diagnosed, already approved my Moffitt my Moffitt, right? Already approved that. The VA, the VA, um, what do you call it? Um, I had to go through like literally jump hoops to get the VA to approve my bone marrow transplant. And, and it's, no, it's no, no, no small task. The bone marrow transplant costs half a million dollars. So, you know, the VA, took care of that. It's taking care of that. The VA is taking care of all that right now. So I'm very high. Like I said, I, I'm one of the blessed, lucky ones to tell you how good the VA has been good to me in that regard because, because where have I have been. But let's say somebody like, you know, like Boone, for example, right? You know, or Tig or somebody else who is going, who might have, uh, have, have to deal with this. Uh, or ox or anybody else um they uh they have to go through a lot of a lot of hoops because they, they don't even have a service connection yet so they have to prove that service connection and then from that point increase that service connection to be able to get the type of help and treatment and so forth that they should deserve without having to reach in their pocket to pay for it and yeah. and this is just crazy man this we're talking about one person me one we're talking about millions of veterans, hundreds yeah. of thousands of veterans, man. Um, so this is the biggest killer right now, man. It's, it's cancer. It's always been cancer. You know, it's always been some type of illness, leukemia, you know, uh, pulmonary cancer, brain cancer, uh, lung cancer, you know what I'm saying? Uh, prostate yeah. cancer, you know what I mean? You name it, you know, women too, you know? Um, but again, going back to the, to, to the, to the culture, the veteran culture, veteran culture is, is, is the reason we don't get the benefits we deserve is because the veteran culture, all right, is, 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 it, 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 it hates each other. They, they hate one another in that regards because we're always stumping on each other. We're always, you know, I'm the baddest on the block. I am this, you know, I did 12 tours, you know, I did 10 tours. Yeah. I, I deserve everything. You don't deserve nothing. But what if that guy, 
lived in Camp Lejeune, drink the water, his family drink the water, and his kids have now disabilities. And he was just a poke. He just, he just, he just worked in the admin section, flipped papers, you know? He deserves everything. So I, I, I did, uh, at one point, uh, me and Tig, uh, we went and in my sergeant major that I served with, and I, 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 you know, if you want me to send it to you, we wrote a reform act, a reform act uh, that is very complex and very easy too, very simple. But the problem with simple and 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 and, and just factual and, and and good that will help all vet, all veterans is that there's no money in it. You know, you take mm -hmm. the money out of the people making money. And you actually put it to where it needs to go. And I went to DC and I took that reform, reform act for the VA to all, all, everybody. And everybody closed the door on me. Wow. They closed the door on me because, because the VA is a $300 billion elephant and it's going to keep growing. And as long as that money is trickling in every year, and people are making money out of that, big pharma, ooh, big pharma is one of the biggest money makers of the va you know 33 billion dollars go directly to the big pharma just just like that you know they have a big stake on making sure that the va stays the same and as long as we have that going we, we're never going to change uh it will continue to be what it is today and there's also a cap the va has a cap Every year, only 30% of veterans who apply for compensation or service connection, only 30% get admitted. Only 30% are approved. No matter. It doesn't matter if we have 60% of veterans who, who are supposed to be approved, who have who have the actual documentation. Hey. Hey. Sorry. That's all right. He's old, man. When I get excited, he gets excited. Um, but uh, he's like, yeah, yeah. Um, Tell him. Tell him, tell him. <laughs> and, and so he, uh, his name is Tank too. Uh, That's cool. <laughs> yeah, Tank Junior. Um, so, yeah, only thirty. So even if you have sixty percent, man, even if you have thirty-five percent <clears throat> of veterans who actually have the proper doc documentation and probably service connection background history, only thirty percent, thirty percent. That five percent will have to wait till next year, and hopefully they get through. And that's what happens with the VA community. You know, they get frustrated. The VA veterans get frustrated. Think about think about this. If you're a veteran, you're trying so you have everything you have. You have this thing full of documentation about your service and what you've been through, and 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 proves proves that you had have a a service connection, and you you you're mm -hmm. using that to get the VA to approve it, and the VA at last minute tells you no, sorry. Can't do it. So that goes to next year. And you keep doing this every year. You keep fighting for it, but you never can get through the door, right? It gets to a point where it's, these veterans who are dealing with all these issues, um, they have nowhere else to go. They see themselves as committed suicide being the, you know, the ultimate ending to their frustrations because they got no answers and nowhere to go. So, you know, if I, 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 I could fix, like I said, with the reform that I wrote, I could fix the VA in, in, in no problem. You know, no, no problem. No, it's just in a heartbeat. Uh, because what, what, what happened is I, I take that $300 billion and I put it on the private sector. 
I make the VA very small and I leave only the regional offices to deal with the service connections, uh, documentations and filing and, and, and counseling of veterans. And then from that point, I use that money to send the veterans to a private doctor, private doctors. And nobody's going to, you know, the, the government, everything the government does, man, is always is, is always exaggeration to make more money. You know, and you can see that by the way that the money spent, how we spend, how, how, how much in debt we are today, especially when the Pentagon right now is looking for war. When, when, when a pencil, a pencil, you know, we're, we're paying for a pencil like $25 or, you know, $5, you know, it's, it's, you know, they're, you see where I'm coming from? I mean, napkins are, I don't know how much we're paying for napkins, you know, but, but, but if you look at the, the track record of our government expenditure on small things, you, from that point, you realize that we have no checks and balance. Nobody's looking at this and going, wait a minute, guys, what are you guys doing? This is, this is, doesn't cost this much money. Right. So when you give the government $300 billion, right, they're going to make sure they spend it. Of course, they're going to make sure they spend it, um, you know, just to show that they spend it. But they're, they're going to spend it in such a way that um, that it just basically throwing money down a drain, you know. Um, yeah. And at the end of the day, the CEOs, I, I, didn't even, I just learned this the other day, but the CEOs of the VA, they get a kickback. And not too long ago, there was a story of this of, of the VA officers, you know, on the board that they were overpaid ten million dollars. They get paid buku money, man. They get paid millions of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars at the end of the year, bonus, bonus to keep everything the same way. How, how, how is this even possible? How is this even possible, man? So, so this is happening right now as we speak, and um. And, and, you know, it's like, wait a minute, you know, you're working for the board or you're an officer for the board of the VA. You're, you're like the top, not, you know, Shalon of the VA and you're getting, let's say $1 million or anything over about a bonus that you should have gotten. Shouldn't you come up to the, to, you know, to the VA or to say, Hey guys, uh, I just got this big check. Uh, I'm not sure where it came from, but I don't think I deserve it. I mean, it's a little too high. I know I know it's going to get a bonus, but maybe this is a little too high. No, 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 no. It was an investigation because, because they realized at the end, after a year, after a year, that they overpaid. So they were like, looking at the phone, wait, wait a minute, we overpaid you. You know, but nobody said anything. Nobody said anything. Nobody said, hey, wait a minute, guys. You know, this is too much money. Maybe you guys need to look at this one more time. No, they, they're not going to say. They're not going to, you know, bring up something like that. They're going to keep the money. And that's how criminals, that's how criminals think. You know, that's how thieves think. Um, there's no uh, honesty, sincerity, no, no, no really hard minds for, for, for this kind of things. And if you look at that as a principle of how the leadership in our government is being run, it's a trickle-down poor leadership that, you know, every agency, every government agency, every department is pretty much uh you know has to be reformed has to be rebound has to clean be, be cleaned up you know um and in some and that's cases it's okay so i argued that some areas should be abolished altogether uh, it, it's i i'm of the opinion on some of those agencies that are just bloat bureaucracy or they're just so far down the line that you can't reform them anymore that they had if you got to do it again you could well get rid of the 
the, the current one and start afresh, but it's, yeah, it's the, crazy. The IRS, on the IRS is another one, you know? So yeah, there's a lot of agencies, a lot of government agencies who, who, who are just, you know, uh, drunk in power and they, yeah. you know, and they just keep, you know, keep them growing and keep on adding on, uh, unconstitutional rulings on them. Uh, but yeah, the VA is a, is a pretty, pretty dark place. If you start opening up the, you know, the, you know, just the pages and started looking at it from a, from, from a, you know, eyeglass. Yeah. And for some that follow me might be familiar with the, with the show, Lotto where Crowder hosted by Steven Crowder. Um, up until last year, he had a co-host named uh, Dave Landau and Dave Landau shared his story. Um, his father was a, a Vietnam veteran. Now, if I remember the story correctly, his, his father was affected by agent orange. So, uh, there was no code, as you said, yet. So when he was trying to get help from the VA, the VA is like, there's nothing wrong with you. You're fine. So he had to go uh, privately. And he was just racking up all these uh, medical bills. Eventually, his father does pass away. And his mom, and I think this was the early 90s, his mom is stuck with all the bills. She can't pay. The breadwinner is gone. And Dave Lando, as a son, wasn't exactly the model son. Um, she kills herself. And he's kind of like a leaf in the wind trying to make sense of all this. Now, Dave, thank God right now, he's a, he's, he's a comedian. He's touring. He's, he has a son that he's trying to raise better than he raised how he was raised and things like that. But when we, when we actually stop to listen to stories, we find out this is more prevalent. We probably know someone that has been affected by this more so than we think. Because uh, I think the whole burn pits thing didn't come more into the public eye until that film, uh, um, The Outpost, starring uh, Scott Eastman. Because um, that one did reference the burn pits. One of the characters was you know, dealing with the burn pits. And are you familiar with that film, The Outpost? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it was, it was one of the first that highlighted it. And at least that's how I remember it. So I'm watching it with my wife. My wife who's Taiwanese actually just loves watching military films just for their heroism. She doesn't like the, the bloody gory content, but she's there to watch it with me. Black Hawk Down, 13 Hours, American Sniper and all that. She's cut from a different cloth because she's always the one asking me. I'm like, honey, we've seen them all. So it's like we have to watch them again. So when we watch the outpost, I'm like, honey, they're highlighting something here that we don't really see often or at all. And I, I'm willing to bet you that uh, more people will be talking about this because of this movie. And it did. I don't remember when that uh, the Burn Pit uh, act that you're talking about uh, passed. I don't remember if it was before or after the film. But I know there was more of a, a clamor towards it. Uh, but you're one of the first that, uh, that I've spoken to that have had those effects. Because as you said, it was only about uh, three months of exposure. But it took this long for you to... Um, experience it uh, just just for those that are unaware because you did talk about that you had other ailments and stuff but uh, dude i see some of your instagram pics man uh with, with take just lifting just pumping iron lifting up what, what feels like a tank um you look like yeah. a tank uh but you were doing that uh and didn't know that you had this uh this incoming diagnosis right yeah uh uh I'm, you know you know when you have this mentality, man, and I'm not telling you I'm, you know, the, the strongest man, I'm toughest guy, but you know, you know, these, these, you know, military guys, we, a lot of military guys, we have this inbred mentality of dealing with pain and dealing with suffering. And so, 
when we feel like we are not up to the task, we beat up ourselves. We, we try to, you know, somehow beat, beat ourselves up in the process because we feel like we're being weak. We're being uh, soft. You know, we're, we're not up to the challenge and we're not up to uh, the level of professionalism that is required for us to perform. So we beat ourselves up. Uh, we look the other way. We don't try to, uh, you know, get help. It's really hard for us to get help or to admit that we need help or just yeah, say that, you know, yeah. even go to a doctor. You know what I'm saying? When, when I went to the doctor, man, it was basically I went to the ER and basically it was, my heart was literally coming out of my chest. I, I was I was into a point where I was going to have a stroke and and I have. I have, I have been having these fevers in the middle of the day, fevers, like shaking fevers. And, you know, and, 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 and just, you know, I could, I couldn't, you know, I, I'm a practitioner of jujitsu and Brazilian jujitsu. And, um, and I was doing very well and I was doing five minute rolls, you know, five, six, five minute rolls at a time, training every day, training twice a day. And all of a sudden I can't even do five minutes. And I'm having a really tough time and I'm really tough for myself. So eventually I got to the ER, but that's what we do. The, 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 the veteran mindset is like that. So, so while I was going through that uh, and, and putting myself through competitions, really tough competitions and whatnot, um, you know, I, I wasn't performing to the level of the guys next to me. And, and, and I beat up myself for it because I was like, what's wrong with me? You know, like I should be able to run three miles in like 20 minutes. I sh- should be able to, you know, be able to keep my stamina up. I train every day. I get up at five o'clock in the morning. I, I, you know, I do this, I do that, you know, and, and, uh, and there was something going on, man. There was something in my heart. There was something in my lungs. I went to get a different test and they were all came back with, with no information. No, 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 nothing. I mean, inconclusive. And so finally, like I said, man, my body just started decomposing and, and it got to a point where I had to go to the ER. And uh, that's where I was very happy to, to, you know, I was very blessed to have this doctor. We just said, let's do a bone marrow biopsy. Whatever you have is going to show up at the bone marrow. And so she did a bone marrow. And Lord and behold, uh, I had CD33 plus leukemia. You know, and then she said, you know, uh, have you, you know, were you in, in Iraq? Were you in Afghanistan? I said, no. I was like, not in Iraq. I was in a Qatar. He's like, okay, that's that's close enough. And, you know, did you do anything around burn pits? And I say, yes, I did. Wow. And I show her pictures. You know, I got pictures of it. And um, and she's like, okay, how long was that? And I said, well, it was 95, 96. And she's like, yep, uh, yep. Th- this is exposure from burn pits. It takes about over twenty years to to mutate your DNA. So 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 it is, you know, and and. This, this type of cancers, illnesses, it starts slowly. You know, you first feel tired, you feel weak, you feel your stamina is low. Um, you know, you, you have all these gain weight, you know, really gain like a massive weight, uh, gain weight, and you can't lose it, you know, things like that. Um, and, you you know, like I said, you, you're, you, you know, as a veteran, you start being hard on yourself, but you're like, you know, I need to diet more. You go to these extreme diets and extreme workouts and extreme things to try to, you know, get back in shape. And uh, and it was something much bigger than that, man. There was nothing I could do about it, you know. And it took me, yeah. you know, finally to be diagnosed. But, you know, it's crazy because I got to, when I started doing jujitsu, I, I got into really good shape. I actually started <laughs> to feel really good about myself. 
and I lost almost like 60, 70 pounds and I was about to go into a competition, you know, and I, I was in really good shape, man. I felt good, you know, and all of a sudden, boom, you know, um, just went down the hill. So it's been one year now like that, huh? Since the, the diagnosis. Yeah. Uh, uh, last year, uh, April last year, March, April last year, uh, started in, in chemo radiation, uh, bone marrow transplant, October 3rd. It was a year, October 3rd. It was my birthday, uh, new birthday, they call it. Um, but now I'm dealing with, um, with, uh, graft versus host disease, which attacks 50% of the bone marrow, uh, individuals like myself. And what happens is your old immune system, because what the, the transplant, what it does is it removes the old immune system and puts a new immune system in. So it removes that DNA, that mutated DNA with that, that's, that's been, um, exposed to chemicals. Uh, yeah. it, it removes that and it plants a new one. Okay. With a new, you know, new blood type and everything. And so everything changes in your body. But what happens is your old immune system doesn't, sometimes doesn't like it. It doesn't matter how good of a match is. I had a hundred percent match and, and it starts fighting back for takeover. It's crazy. It's like, Oh, I have a world war two happening in my body right now. You know what I'm saying? Like one yeah. side wants to, wants to kill the other. So, so, so that old immune system wants to take over. He's like, who the hell are you? Why are you here? You know? Yeah. And the new one yeah. is like, no, I'm here to stay buddy. So the old immune system gets mad. It starts going after your liver starts going after your organs and if your organs starts failing then you die there's no there's no cure there's no other cure after this i have no other cure other than survive this and that's it that's i have no other choice but survive this cancer is not coming back i don't think but graft versus is either graft versus always disease wins or it doesn't because it once it goes acute it goes chronic um there's nothing so i'm taking a lot of medication right now i'm taking 25 medications just to keep it at bay uh last week i went to get my uh year bone marrow biopsy I'll, I'll get a results in like two weeks um uh, and then i got a blood test my liver is starting to look better so the numbers started to go down um okay. you know but but i'm on a lot of medications man uh steroids and whatnot and they make me real weak real tired you know so uh so i'm you know i i'm still i'm still messed up you know like it is what it is but uh but hey you know one 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 step at a time you know what i mean one day at a time i take one day at a time man i gotta live my life to the fullest i keep trying to live my life to the fullest and you know i'm supposed to be in bed all day i'm supposed to be away from people i'm supposed to not uh train i'm i'm, I'm supposed to not do a lot of things because i have no immune system zero immune system like wow. i had a uh, iv put in on my hand for the surgery last week and just an IV, just a little, you know, little, you know, you know, they just put a little sin. I got a infection, you know, just, just, you know, and it was clean. They cleaned it, they put it in, but little cut, little bit, a little bite, anything that, uh, cuts my skin or in anywhere. Um, I, uh, develop an infection. So I, if I get a cold, I got a, I had a cold, uh, the beginning of the year, got a cold, um, I almost died. I was like, it was six weeks with a cold. Like I felt like I was going to die. And when I went to the hospital, they're like, dude, he's like, well, there's nothing we can do for you. 
you're already on antibiotics up to the teeth. So, you know, there's, there's, that's, you know, <laughs> there's not much we can do for you. You, you already are the highest level medication you could probably have. So either your body fights it, beats it, or you're going to end up in the hospital really bad. And, and that's a different story. So it's, it's a fight, man. It's a fight every day. Um, you know, and that's why right now I, 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 I don't support the war. I don't support people supporting the war, any war. I don't support sending our sons and children to any war uh, outside of protecting our own interests here in our own soil. And uh, I am, you know, call me what you want, call me names what you want. But um, until I see every veteran being taken care of and veterans being put first in America, I don't want to see any more ch more of our kids being sent to to the to the front lines of of any foreign soil um, for any politician. You know, I don't care if it's a Republican or Democrat, um, yeah. and I don't care. I just don't care. You know what I mean? No, and I I'm totally in agreement with you there, uh, and that's why I wanted to bring you on. Uh, I think I think you, you telling your story is, is what's most important to to be able to hear out because not the stuff that we listen to. Um, we always hear support our troops, you know, cheer them on because they need to support when they're going out there. But then I said, what happens when they come back? Do, do, do you forget? Um, I'm in just a few miles out from Los Angeles, the homeless population or capital of the entire country. A lot of them are vets. The There was this, this story about um, this, this homeless veteran that was in Venice Park and the LAPD, uh, one of them who had a, uh, a relative from um, the, the veteran community and the VA helped out. Uh, he was moved to tears when they finally, he was able to get connected to get the VA in Wilshire Boulevard to be able to take the homeless veteran in. Um, but just a few days later, maybe three days later, uh, the vet was back on Venice Boulevard. I said, what happens? Like, oh, I didn't like it there. Because he wanted to be out there on Venice Beach right, instead right. of supposedly where they'll, where they'll take care of him. And it, it's just a, a tragic story how we don't take care of our veterans as, as we should. And yeah. until yeah, come here. Go to your go to your bed. Sorry about that, bro. Hey, go, no, go no to your problem. Bed. Go. Come on. Go to your bed. Sorry. <laughs> Not a problem. But it like you said, until we're able to take care of our men and women that we're asking to uh, put their lives on the line to for those that have families to say, hey, sacrifice all that, sacrifice the loved ones you might not ever see again. Um, for the cause, and then they come back, and their lives are forever altered, such as yours has been. Uh, and you had the benefit of the VA actually stepping up, whereas let's say seventy percent of the other veterans know. Um, then what was the point if we're not going to take care of those that we supposedly are always saluting? It it really does frustrate me uh, that I'm with you. Hey, I'm I've never been known as an isolationist, but I'm gonna I, I agree with you. No new wars. We got to take care of our own. Hey, close our damn border. You know, it's like we got to take care of our own. And until that changes, I, I can't see yeah. I, I can't see myself asking anybody to go lay down their lives, uh, knowing that their family might not even be taken care of. That was one of the questions I had for Oz when I brought him on. It's like, hey, the, the movie kind of mentions this, but uh, technically the GRS violated their contract. There's only one workers compensation for private contractors. And they were not going to cover anything, uh, nothing for, uh, I don't know, probably not for Glenn, but for sure, not for, not for Roan, could disobey a direct stand-down order, which is one of the more controversial parts of the story. Uh, 
and uh, it, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if uh, because uh, Tig was inside the villa with all that um, diesel fumes that he was inhaling, that that might have long term effects for him. Um, you know, just there, there's there's so much there to unpack, but um, he because I guess a political connection or something. That's how Oz was able to every, get to, every every veteran and especially those guys have been exposed to some type of chemical um, in their service, you know, and, and Boone, you know, like Boone being a sniper, being what he was uh, in the Marine Corps, he was exposed in the Marine Corps. So, you know, as well. So, you know, I'm telling you right now, like I said, veteran, every veteran, I believe that every veteran should have automatically, once they get out of the military, once a service member gets out of the military, they should be automatically giving 10% service connection. Automatic. Just because of, you know, as long as they did their four years honorable discharge minimum, should get service connection 10%. And then from that point, whatever happens after that, whatever increase happens that, and they can show proof that, you know, things have, you know, in their whatever, you know, what I'm saying they're having these illnesses or or symptoms or whatever, then they can increase that service connection. But but automatically 10 percent, you know, minimum because because of the type of uh, activities that I mean, we're in the military. This is the military. This is not a Boy Scout. This is not, you know, what I mean? this is not a walk in the park, man. You, you know, you're working for the government. You're getting injected with stuff that you don't even know. Hey, you know, today we're going to give you an injection. What is it for? I don't care. Just put it on. You know, it's just shut up. We're going to give you an injection. You're going to suck it up. And and you signed it out of line. We own you. Uh, we're, we're just going to give it to you because, you know, it's a new test. It's a new thing we're doing, new research we're doing, or they're doing it in our, in our military. And you have to take this pill. You know how many pills I took in the military? I had no idea what I was taking. No, no idea. But Hey, you got to take this blue pill, this green pill, this red pill. Um, all these things, uh, were given to us every, in every, in every year, in every service, uh, things like this happen, uh, that I have talked to a lot of veterans. So, so I believe that, yeah, 10% minimum service connection and then a medical card where they can use it to any private doctor uh, as they please to go see any private for anything, dental, vision, and, and everything would be covered. You know, and, and just I will take that VA monster and, 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 and turn it into a like, like this little 10%. And then the rest of the billions of dollars I put into a hedge fund or some type of fund, you know, fund, you know, uh, being managed by veterans, you know, that it will grow every year because every year they get $300 billion. So every year, 300 billion and every year grows. So, you know, next year is 320 billion, you know, so forth. So every year grows, so you get this, you know, you know, investment fund and you get this money to grow, not only grow, but also helping every, every service connected veteran will get compensated fairly hundred percent will get free medical at the best Dr. Money can buy and, and all this, you know, bureaucracy and red tape and all that out of the window. They don't want that because they don't make any money. Yeah, oh, everything the money will go to for them. And, and it's so simple. Tank. It, yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that, that is crazy. Look, I, I have, I have to ask this question because uh, after everything that, uh, that I've been hearing, <clears throat> one of the more common things that, uh, 
uh, I guess the general public hears awareness for is like, oh, uh, veteran suicide and all this. And the, the number 22 is, is thrown around a lot. And I agree with you. I think it's higher. But how many of those suicides do you think are because they they have no way out because they couldn't get uh, they couldn't get treatment for whatever they're, they're suffering from? I believe a lot. I believe I, I, I will say conservatively, at least 40 percent, you know, at least minimum 40 percent, minimum, minimum, bro. And I'm being conservative. Um, and, and a good example of that is what's happening in Canada right now with veterans. You know, veterans are, you know, Canada has this new thing about, you know, you can sign up, you can up for uh, having uh, assisted suicide, yeah. you know, assisted suicide. And a lot of veterans are taking that. Oh my so, you know, so if you think about it, if you, if you get, if you, if you put that into play here in the United States, you know, assisted suicide for veterans. Oh my God. Oh my God. That number, you know, that number would just skyrocket, man. We would lose these guys left and right. Like, you know, like you wouldn't believe it, man. You know, I say it was 60%, 60% higher, higher than that. Um, and thank God we're not Canada. Thank God we're not going yeah. through that. But you know, here, 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 here's what I'm saying. You have a socialist healthcare in Canada. It was supposed to be the best healthcare. You know, they talk about all oh, the best healthcare money, and they have, they can't, they can't take care of their own people. Where they have actually added on assisted suicide to be able to kill them off because they can't take care of them. Go figure, huh? Dickens. So. But wow. anyway, I mean, we can talk about those topics, man, nonstop. But the veteran issue, like, if you want to talk about, I mean, like I said, it's just, it's, it's so much. We, we you know, I, that's why I gave you that solution about reform. You know, it, it's messed up, but there, there is a way to fix it, and, and it starts. There's a way to fix it. You know, my idea can be fixed, but it takes the veteran community as a whole, everybody in a veteran community, to pitch that, to get behind that, and to support that. You know. If yeah. we get the whole veteran community together, man, we we take over DC. Like there's just there's no doubt about it, man. When I was doing the Obama, man, let me tell you a couple of things that happened. When I was doing the Obama, like I said, I was an activist. Um, the Obama closed up the parks, closed up everything, and um, you know I don't know if you there's sequester. Remember this? I don't know if you remember the sequester, and uh, and he closed the parks. So what were two veterans that go out there to DC uh, who visited these parks were not allowed to go in there. Uh, you know, and these 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 visits, these event, these 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 um, uh, trips are well planned way ahead because you got to take these guys that are like 95 years old in wheelchairs. You know, what I'm saying fly them up there so they can have you know a, a good time. And so uh, you know, Obama just you know he he used that as a token to to get the go government to get the country to pass to to give him more money for whatever he was trying to do. So he's, oh, you're not going to give me more money. Well, I'm going to close down the, the, the veterans park. I'm going to close the public parks, especially the veteran parks, you know. Huh. And so we went up there and we protested, you know, um, and we protested. Uh, and, and I remember that the law, the police, law, the D.C. police didn't go to work that day. They said, no, we're, we're not going to go to work. And we had thousands of veterans up there. And they had all closed up, you know, the, I don't know what you call it, the, the fences, you know? Yeah. And they had everything closed up. So, you know, uh, these people, Obama's admin, their people were freaking out, freaking out because they couldn't get anybody to secure us. So they brought the horses, policing in horses, 
and they brought this, you know, like at last minute, they brought these, you know, random cops, random cops at the last minute to, to come, you know, uh, hold us down to, to come, you know, uh, push us around. And, and it wasn't good for them. They tried to take a flag over one of our guys and got into a rumble. He ended up getting the flag back. And, and, and they pushed, you know, a couple of old ladies that were there, you know, supporting us. And then things got kind of got really ugly. But we took mm-hmm. all those fences and we brought them to the front of the, of the White House. You know, I don't know. It was like 300 from the from the from the Vienna Memorial, from the Vienna Memorial, Lincoln Memorial, all those memorial. We took all those fences and we brought, lift them up and we brought them and we stacked them, you know, huh. all over. But that's what it takes when a veteran community comes together and says enough enough you know what i mean like we, we're done we're not going to play your games you know you're, you're going to do what yeah. we're telling you to do and we don't have leaders in our veteran community that, that do that for us yeah. you know we we, we sent veterans to dc to congress to our government then in the hopes that they could fight for us and they end up always um working some type of back deal and then try to sell us this back deal like it's a freaking you know i i, I, I icing on a cake on a piece of turd yeah. You know, yeah. but yeah, the, anyways, the lobby from the military industrial complex, man. Right, right, right. They get them. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, um, you know, I, I know we have it here over an hour. I can't I can't be here longer than that. I really appreciate. So I don't know how long this is you know, going to be. I wish I could, you know, give you more time. But um, oh, no, I, I but, think this this was it was good. We could. There's so many topics you brought up. We could unpack. But uh, uh, yeah, just and we can do this. It. You know, we can do this again another time. Uh, you know, more time, uh, you know, in another hour. I, I can only do one hour, man. Um, I start, uh, you know, my I guess start get headaches and whatnot, but I apologize for that. No, dude, don't apologize for anything. You're the one going through it. I appreciate you giving me your time and for the, uh, letting the audience know hearing the story. This episode's airing on, on Veterans Day because I want people to hear from a veteran what veterans go through because uh, we only see the, the bravado stuff, you know, the hurrahs, I guess, but. Um, we need to know. We need to know the what I feel is uh, that's the tip of the iceberg. The rest of it underwater are the stories like yours that people don't hear about. Sometimes when it's too late, and then they start naming maybe parks after so and so because the activism got loud. No, you're you're here telling a story. I love war stories. Uh, I've, I've been told a lot of war stories, but it's, it's hearing the after war story is equally or more important uh, to me because that should strike a chord in people to uh, to get them to 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 champion some kind of change it shouldn't just be you guys that have fought for our rights it's us that a grateful american public should be fighting for yours too so that's how i feel about it and that's that's where i'll leave it hey tank where can people follow you uh, so they can keep uh, up to date with like stuff that you're up to and and with your uh, um, recovery journey if they want to follow me, they can follow me at the Tank Guns, and uh, you know they, they took my my Twitter account down, but it's the Tank Guns, T H E Tank Guns, um, and they can follow me there um, for now. You know that's where I've been posting. You know I just post as a hobby nowadays. You know I post my thoughts every day, but you know it's just just pretty much a hobby. Eventually they're going to take me down as well, and just you know I'm gonna I'm gonna edge with with the social media people once they find me. They'll take me down again. Uh, but I, one thing I want to add about the, because you're probably going to get some comments about this. When I said about the 10%, this is one of the excuses veterans do. Well, you got a lot of guys out there that want to, you know, kind of milk the system and kind of, 
you know, uh, create, you know, false claims and whatnot. We can't have those guys do that and whatnot. The percentage of veterans or individuals that want, you know, are able to get through the system and do it so well to be able to get scammed the system is so small, so small that thinking about those guys and, and making, you know, making rules or trying to, you know, focus so much on them hurts the other 70% who are actually trying to get through the system the right way and to the real process. But that's the, the biggest excuse. We are our own, our own enemies, you know, veterans are our own enemies. So that you're going to hear veterans. I have had arguments, not arguments, debates with, you know, guys, special op guys and stuff like, and that's one thing they say to me, like, well, you know, you know, what about the guy that's, you know, trying to, uh, scam the system. What about him? What about him? Very, very small percentage. And if they get through, well, give him a gold medal, man. You know what I mean? I mean, I would say, you know, you know, you, you, you know, you, What's your secret? you might as well take it, buddy. You know, we got politicians in DC, bro, scamming the system every single day and nothing's being, nobody's stopping them. Not a single person. So if a guy goes through and he's able to get through, he's hundred percent somehow, somewhat, then you know what, man? He earned it. Let, let him have it. You know what I'm saying? I, I'd rather focus on that higher majority of veterans get what they need than focus on that 1%. You will always have knuckleheads. It doesn't matter what you do in life. You will always have knuckleheads. If we focus on the knuckleheads, we'll never get shit done, man. That's true. Yeah, that goes for anywhere, including in the yep. fields of, of the industries that I'm in. There's always the one yep. bad apple. It doesn't mean you should ruin it for everybody else. But exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. But attack. That's and what we'll leave it. Yeah, attack. Uh, don't hang up yet. But that's what we'll leave for the audience. Uh, all the links for uh, your Instagram and your Twitter. I'll be leaving in the show notes. Company this episode at www.theinterviewgolf.com. Thank. Thank you so much for your time. I would love to have you back on so we can also talk some uh, some other juicy subjects that you brought up. But until then, awesome, thank you. We're praying for your recovery, and uh, we're. I'll, I'll be following your story on Instagram. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Man.